Hello, America, and welcome to a special edition, a special Wednesday edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Why, you ask, do we have a special edition? Well, it's because we have a special guest, Carter Page, the real victim, one of the main victims of the Russiagate scandal, the FBI's misconduct, joins us just a few days after a FBI lawyer named Kevin Kleinsmith pled guilty to falsifying documents to make Carter Page looked like he was a Russian stooge when, in fact, he was a CIA asset helping America protect against Russian threats. Carter Page has got a new book out. You're going to want to hear this, uh, Abuse and Power. It is a powerful book that tells uh, the personal story of what it was like to be accused of being a Russian stooge when, in fact, all along, the American government, the U.S. government knew from the start Carter Page was helping the CIA, not the Russians. What an amazing three-year, four-year journey that Carter Page has had. And he's here to talk about it. He's going to talk about what he did for the CIA, what he did for the FBI, what it was like when he discovered that Kleinsmith had doctored the document, and so much more, including a discussion, a frank discussion, about whether or not America has done enough to prevent this sort of political dirty trick, this sort of abuse of the FBI and CIA and NSA's most powerful tools in the future. I don't think Carter Page is feeling very good yet that enough accountability, enough changes have been made to stop the next Carter Page victimization in America. That ought to concern us all, and you're going to hear directly from him. There'll be no monologue today. We're going to just dive right into talking one-on-one with Carter Page, the former Trump advisor, the target of four consecutive FISA warrants, the man who was falsely accused portrayed in the public, demonized by the media as a Russian stooge when, in fact, he was a secret asset for the CIA helping to keep America uh, safe. When we come back from this commercial break, one-on-one with Carter Page for the full half hour. You do not want to miss us. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now, get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest. We've been promising this for a couple of weeks. Carter Page, one of the biggest victims of the Russiagate hoax, is joining us today. Uh, Carter, welcome to the show. Great to be back with you, John. Thanks a lot for having me. Oh, my pleasure. An exciting time, actually, because you have a brand new book out, uh, which is going to be an unbelievable read, Abuse and Power, How an Innocent American Was Framed in an Attempted Coup Against the President. That's the title of your great book. It uh, debuted this week, correct? Uh, Yes, uh, actually, uh, yes, on Tuesday. Yep. Wonderful. That's great news. I'm so excited for you. That's uh, just fantastic. The... um, Tell us why you wrote the book. I mean, I can think of a lot of reasons why you'd want to sue people, why you'd write a book, but what what motivated you to tell the story? Well, I mean, I I think it's a lot of the same frustrations that many people in Washington have been having over the last several years about still a cover-up of the truth, right? There are so many aspects of this terrible Russia story uh, and the election interference that was conducted against then-candidate Donald J. Trump in 2016. So many things that are uh, still covered up that I, I finally decided I just have to set the record straight. And, and really, you know, I know you've, you've reported a lot, and, you know, Justin News has been doing a tremendous job with the, uh, the lead-up to and the fallout from 
the U.S. Department of Justice Inspector General report in December of 2019? All right. So I've always been amazed that um, the focus on you and the effort to try to take whatever allegations, however bogus they were from Christopher Steele and stick them on you was really designed to make it stick on the president. Your title gets right at this, which is you were basically the focal point of a coup to try to take down Donald Trump. Uh, tell people, because I don't think a lot of people know this, they hear the word advisor, but did you ever meet with President Trump during the time he ran for office or after? Absolutely not. I had uh-huh. no, uh, the, the small committee that we, uh, was created uh, relatively early in, uh, in 2016, um, you know, there are, there are a lot of people uh, on that committee, and th- uh, that committee had one meeting with then-candidate Trump, and I happened to be on the other side of the, of the, the country, uh, out, in, um, out in the Pacific that, uh, that day. So wow. uh, I, was, I was not even there for the, the one and only meeting. Remarkable. Really, really, really remarkable. And, and so uh, for a year— because a lot of people don't understand what three FISA renewals and a, a four FISAs total mean. It means for an entire year, you were monitored, your phone calls were monitored, your emails were intercepted, your life was turned upside down. What was it like? And did you ever have a sense that you were being monitored? You know, I uh, there were some clues. And there, the most infamous story, which really, again, kind of came out in the, the FISA warrants, these surveillance uh, warrants, as, as you're saying, uh, which, which opened all of my communications with members of the Trump campaign and into the new administration, uh, open to government surveillance. But, you know, th- there was, I mean, the first big uh, story that came out about uh, so- something going on was on September 23rd, 2016. And that was the infamous Yahoo News article, right? Which was planted, uh, yeah. And then, um, but you know that that was basically fed to them by the uh, you know the DNC's consultants, right? Uh, Glenn Simpson at Fusion GPS and uh, and the like. So, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. So, um, so so you know, I, I I had some clue that things were going on, but. That's a very important point that I want to just to unpack for people who don't follow this on a daily basis. At that time, Christopher Steele is a signed confidential human source for the FBI, and he's leaking information to the media that are supposed to be sacrosanct and and kept with the FBI because it hasn't been vetted or fully investigated yet. Uh, And what's amazing about that leak is not only did that leak occur, but the FBI uses that leak as corroboration for the claims that it's making in the FISA warrant uh, to substantiate Christopher Steele's what turns out to be completely dishonest and and faulty dossier. But they use it to substantiate it when, in fact, he's the leaker. It's the same source. It's circular reporting. The amount of bad conduct that Christopher Steele, Glenn Simpson, the FBI engage in, even before the first FISA warrant is... um, uh, approved and, and the, uh, the uh, surveillance of you begins, the bad conduct predates even getting the FISA warrant. And uh, when you look back at that now, does that frustrate you to know that even before they were getting a FISA warrant, they were leaking and they were then going to use that leak to corroborate a bogus dossier? Oh, absolutely. That's certainly the case. But there are so many elements beyond that. And I get into a, a lot of it in my book, right, where I'm, I'm talking about all the work I had done for the U.S. intelligence community going back decades. And unfortunately, that all got used against me Mm. for sheer political purposes during the uh, Obama-Biden administration. You know, and again, just given the the collusion, if you will, between between the Obama-Biden administration and the DNC and their – their colleagues and their consultants in conjunction with uh, a very supportive group of leading media outlets in the mainstream media. Mm. It it is an amazing thing to have to have gone through. I can't imagine what it was like to be in your shoes because uh, people didn't know you knew. And yet because of your allegiance to your country, you wouldn't give this up. You wouldn't tell people, but you knew you had been working for the CIA to help the CIA understand what was going on in Russia. So you're an asset to the United States government, and yet you're being portrayed 
uh, as a stooge, as a, a spy, as a threat, a security threat. How did you manage to say secret all that time, or quiet all that time, and not reveal the secret that would have exonerated you in one minute? Well, one of the one of the controversies related to this actually uh, has to do with not only was I uh, a source for the CIA, I was also a source for the FBI uh, going back many many years, and unfortunately, you know, and it, very similar in a lot of ways. And again, I I, I talk about this in the book. Uh, in great detail, but originally it was, um, you know, it, it was completely misportrayed. Again, for political political reasons, there was a big uh, Russian spy case right. in the Southern District of New York, and I and I helped out. Uh, yes, yes, and I I helped them with that, and unfortunately, without giving me any warning whatsoever, when that indictment was finally unsealed in this big news report in uh not in january of 2015 you know i i see it in the washington post and i i pull up uh the indictment and i there i am uh described as quote unquote male male one right and unfortunately a lot of those details were highly misleading which which i found to be you know again very similar to what happened in the fisa court and unfortunately you know, it's it's uh, it, it was a really bad thing, and it had you know it, it essentially put my life at risk because mm. you know as, and again just given the collaboration between people in the in the government and in the media when these things started getting leaked as a way of damaging uh, the candidate Trump and as president elect and well into his administration, you know I had to. Uh, do everything possible to uh, to set the record straight, and oh, unfortunately, sure. and it's a tsunami you know, and, at that point you, too. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, as as you know as well, and you know what what you've been doing at Just the News, John, is just incredible. You and your colleagues, thank you, because there's just uh, so much disinformation out there, and it's it's great to have you know you and a small handful of uh, of other journalists who are um, really digging to the bottom of this. So. Uh, so, you know, and again, this is, it's interesting. I, um, you know, some of our initial conversations, you and I going back to the summer of 2017 right. is while I was still being wiretapped. I'm sure you're, right? I'm so on you, those wiretaps. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. you, uh, so they weren't, they weren't too happy that, you know, you were one of the people uh, well, they knew early on uncovering the truth, I would guess. Yeah. yeah. They, yep. they knew early on that I had figured this out and, uh, and uh, it just took a long time to unravel it because of the a level of sophistication of deception that went on here. I want to go through. Uh, so we talked about a couple things that are already you know people know really well. The leak by Michael Isikoff by an FBI informer and his boss before there's even a FISA warrant. Such a horrific uh, act of malice, an act of bad conduct. And then uh, they use the leak, even though it's a Christopher Steele leak, as as corroboration of Christopher Steele's dossier. That's circular reporting. That's prohibited under the FBI. You, uh, they mark the um, the first FISA as well as the second, third, and fourth FISA as verified the information, and in and it contains information for Christopher Steele that what is never true, never verified, that you had met with the two what I call the two Igors in Russian, two uh, important figures that Christopher Steele claimed you met with, who you had not met with. So you got all these acts of bad conduct. But the one that may seem uh, most shocking to me as I look back now uh, is that in August of 2016, the CIA immediately tells the FBI two months before they start the investigation that you're an asset for them. And then in the spring, because they keep seeing the FISA warrant not not reflect this very important information, they they come again with a memo. And uh, Kevin Kleinsmith, and a lawyer for the FBI, a, a you know, moderate, medium senior, uh, mid level lawyer, but working on the case from the beginning, doctors a document. Literally adds words to an email he got from the CIA saying he is not a source to uh, further uh, undercut. Uh, any connection between you and the CIA. As you look back, I know you had a lot of contacts with Klein Smith, or at least some, but when you look at that moment, that they not only marked a, uh, uh, a dossier or a FISA warrant as verified when it wasn't, they not only allowed leaks to occur that shouldn't have occurred, 
they ultimately uh, doctor a document to hide the fact that you're a patriotic American helping your country while they're trying to portray you as a Russian spy. Did you ever in your wildest dreams think that a, an FBI lawyer would go to that level to, uh, of, of misconduct to just try to keep you under investigation? Well, to be honest with you, John, I, obviously that's very terrible on the one hand. On the other hand, and again, having studied, and I know you as well have studied those for fraudulent FISA warrants. Right. But it's just, it's all lies, right? Yeah. It's, you know, from, from start to finish, it's just completely con concocted nonsense, right? Yep. So in general, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a big problem. However, the thing that bothered me the most was my interactions uh, and my lawyer's interactions, again, r relatively brief, uh, in April of 2017, very important. And, I want to hear about this. This is, a big, this is a big revelation in the book, right, Carter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I again, I, I had concerns about the the dishonesty uh, of what was going on at the FBI, both both then, but you know, I thought it was back during the uh, Obama Biden administration. But unfortunately, you know, I, I not only did I. Uh, inform them about all, all the uh, everything that was going on. But unfortunately, I also informed them it was early April 2017 that I informed them of these death threats that I was getting. Mm. And again, these are things that had been going on for for many months. Sure. Uh, and so and so, I, you know, I informed uh, Mr. Kleinsmith of that and my my lawyer did as well. You know, he, we were on a on an email chain and I, I really let him, uh, gave him a piece of my mind. But, you know, unfortunately, not only did they uh, apparently do nothing about it, but actually the, uh, <clears throat> the death threats continued thereafter. And wow. uh, basically the following week is when they had the fine, uh, the big, uh, Washington post breaking news story that, the, you know, these, these FISA warrants, uh, did actually, um, you know, exist. Right. Which was a um, major news story. And again, so I, and then I, I end up getting more threatening calls and threatening messages uh, immediately after that. So, I mean, it, it's yes, the dishonesty that you're alluding to is really bad. What I think is is even worse is the fact that there was so much. Uh, I mean, the, what, some of the core missions of the FBI is to protect national security right. and protect the uh, and they were putting security, your security and safety at, of America. They were putting your yeah. security at risk. Based on, again, you know, I mean, it's, it's bad enough to, to lie to courts, but when you're, you know, your core mission, you know, you're actually doing the absolute opposite. And again, I, you know, I think as, as you've highlighted uh, in your reporting previously, I mean, it, it really reflects just a complete uh, dual standard of justice. And I think as we, uh, as we saw from Chairman Lindsey Graham of the Senate Judiciary Committee with his most recent uh, revelations this, um, over the weekend, you know, just the, the dual standards of justice that yeah. we see between the two, uh, uh, the Trump campaign where, you know, I was a, a key focus of this um, completely concocted uh, investigation on the one hand, Versus the Clinton campaign, where you know there's, uh, according to the documents that uh, Chairman Graham managed to unearth, uh, this is, you know, they were they were looking to get a FISA warrant against uh, against someone on the Clinton campaign, right? Uh, but they they had a, an open dialogue with, uh, you know, and they actually informed the campaign of what was going on. That's right. So you know, it's just it's just. It's just preposterous on every possible level. It is. It's it's absolutely insane. And and um, why do you think they went to such great lengths to create you know a total mirage about you? Here you are, an American helping your government track the Russians, and they're trying to portray you as a Russian stooge selling out your government for the election to help Donald Trump. All of that's false. Everything you did is true. Why why do you think they went to such great lengths to to misportray you to the American people for such a long period of time? And not only the American people, a court, the Congress. I mean, <laughs> the number of people that are covered by uh, uh, false statement statutes here are uh, uh, large. Congress and the court, you know, there, there could be a conspiracy. Why do you think they did it? Well, look, I, I think at the at the end of the day, it was political differences. 
right? I mean, there's a lot of aspects of the First Amendment, obviously freedom of press, uh, you know, the uh, freedom of religion, et cetera. But I mean, one of the, the key elements is um, freedom of peaceable assembly and, you know, freedom, freedom of speech. So unfortunately, I just, uh, I, and I think not only just myself, but President Trump and then, uh, you know, his um, foreign policy advisor or lead foreign policy advisor, General Flynn, right. just had a different view of the world than the, uh, than the Washington establishment's worldview in terms of foreign policy. So it, there's that element of it um, on, on the one hand. But I think, you know, in conjunction with that, there is also a, uh, a big thing that, you know, as, as, as you'll recall, the, uh, and I know you, you, you cover in your, your book as well, the, uh, the DNC hack was happening that same summer, right? And if you look at, uh, at those developments, you know, there's a lot of bad information, and, uh, which didn't make the, yeah. uh, the Democrats look too good right. uh, back then. So it was, it was important uh, that they concoct this um, opposition research uh, campaign to get the media to focus on a different story, you know, uh, to look at, to think about something else. And yeah. they were, they were very, they were very successful. I have to say it, uh, and it's more than just to distract the American public because I mean, reputations were ruined live and years of your life were, were, uh, I don't want to use the word ruined, but affected negatively by the FBI's conduct, by the justice department's conduct, by the news media's conduct. You, you're an academic, and I know you've relied a lot over the years on the news media. Has your perception, having now been covered by the news media, having seen the news media be manipulated in this, um, this scandal, has your perception of the news media changed? Yeah, I, I think the, you know, the biggest problem is the, uh, the influence that the Democratic Party had on, on, the, on the media and just the way that the uh, you know when there are certain objectives, they can essentially uh, define the narrative. And I think you know Even similar to true. what we saw. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think we saw a lot of that last week as well. So I think you know really the purpose of this book is to set the record straight for the first time as to you know these these terrible abuses that were uh, that were designed as a way to defeat. Uh, then candidate Donald J. Trump, and you know, really completely disrupt his administration throughout the, the early years, and really continuing to this day, unfortunately. When I when I look through what you've written already, and what you've said, and when, you know the conversations we've had for a long time, and by the way, I love the title of the book, "Abuse and Power," because the two go hand in hand in this. What they really, at the end of the day, what Russia Gate, I think, ultimately will be about when we get all the facts, was the. The FBI, the Justice Department, the Obama administration criminalized a policy dispute. They didn't. They couldn't accept Donald Trump's election. They didn't like the fact that he might reverse policies every, on everything from Russia to Iran to uh, got, uh, uh, Obamacare, and they criminalized a policy dispute using false information, using the most uh, incredible tools that were supposed to save for terrorists and counterintelligence threats, not not for innocent people like Carter Page. Uh, is are we in danger based on what you saw here of this continuing that this behavior will go on i know what the most important point you make in your book is this can't happen to another carter page in the future there can't be another carter page in the future we can't allow this to happen do you feel like where we are now in the country that we are still at risk of another spy gate another russia gate uh, incurring because so few people have been punished there's no doubt. And unfortunately, I, it was not just me. You know, what they did, uh, as, as you know, with the two hop rule and other aspects of the, just the extraordinary level of power that this FISA surveillance gives, you know, they were spying on countless other uh, members of the Trump campaign and supporters of President Trump. And again, it really went all the way up to the president himself. Right. I mean, they I always bear in mind they wouldn't have spent millions of dollars to concoct this scheme if it was just to damage myself. That's a great. Right. Point. I, would, right. I just have I just happened to be the, the guy who who actually had lived in Moscow, you right. know, 
opened uh, opened a bank's office over there and had you know many years of experience. So if they have to paint this false narrative, I'm uh, a a key candidate for that. Right. So unfortunately, that's uh, I think that's the way it all plays out. But you know, if you think again, just beyond civil liberties and uh, just the election interference that this represented, to me, the biggest problem is just relates to the uh, the obstruction it has had to everything that uh, President Trump has yeah. tried to do uh, throughout his administration. It, I think it's just a, a tribute to him that he was he has been able to somehow achieve so much despite all of these extraordinary headwinds. And again, it was a, uh, you know, I, I talk about it in the final chapters of my book. I think the chapter nine is really just talking about sort of the, the policy implications as, right. you know, this, this huge scandal has led so many top members of Congress and, uh, and other people in the Washington establishment to, you know, take another look at this, uh, this extraordinarily powerful uh, surveillance regime, uh, which is out there and which can be, as we unfortunately found, so severely, uh, severely abused. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I talked through that, but then also just uh, in the in the final chapter, talk through sort of on a personal level. And I think, you know, again, there are many elements and I, I know, you know, you're just the news has been uh, covering a, 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 a wide range of uh policy and, and news events over the last um, couple of years. And unfortunately, you know, these same themes and these same tactics have not just been limited to just this one uh, made up Russia story. It is it's just one thing it's after the, another. It's so the new norm, right? Really, you have uh, the Ukraine, the bogus Ukraine impeachment. You've got, you know, we can go through uh, the Russian bounties, uh, all these different things that have been uh, alarmed and and made to look real by the American people only to have them unravel. I mean, as recently as this week, right, the postal thing. Oh, my God, they're, they're trying to stop <laughs> postal ballots. No, they're trying to save money, and uh, they, they're not even going to uh, – they're going to delay the cost-cutting until after the election, so there is no harm to the vote. Uh, this chronic alarmism that the news media delivers after it's concocted by Democrats like Adam Schiff and, and uh, those who worked on the Mueller investigation and others who continued to create a false portrait where – where facts would have been more appreciated. The, so you, you feel very confident that the temptation to do this again, to misuse the FBI, the CIA, uh, a FISA warrant, um, the temptation to do this political trick, dirty trick with all of the most awesome powers of the US government, you still think it's very possible to happen again because so few have been punished, is that right? Well, I think a lot depends on, and this is sort of the importance of the timing of getting this message out with the book, is in just over 70 days, we have the next election. And I just compare the steps that have now been taken within the U.S. Department of Justice mm -hmm. to start uh, taking steps towards a few of these uh, initial reforms, which is going to be a long process. But again, you know, and, and you've reported on this a lot, that infamous January 5, 2017 yeah. meeting in the, in the White House with, uh, with both President Obama, Vice President Biden, Sally Yates, James Comey, the whole cast of characters, you know, many of whom were involved in this terrible FISA scam and uh, just, you know, continuing to advance these this false Russia story at the highest level of government. So and again, there are there are just a lot of open questions. I think this this is a, a useful starting point in terms of explaining the the basics of what happened um you know both on a personal level but it's sort of on a strategic level as well and i'm hoping that by shining a light on these things that the continued pressure will be um applied both both in congress and in other parts of washington but also by the american public and because yeah. this really can never happen again to another president and uh and to our our system of justice and and also, you know, again, my, my work in the intelligence community for uh, many decades, um, you know, th this is a these are institutions that I I deeply respected and, you know, really put my life at risk for and to watch what happened to them to be used as a political tool to interfere in an election. I mean, there's there's nothing like it. 
No, you're right. There is nothing like it. It's uh, it's extraordinary. Um, let me walk people through just how helpful you were to the US, U.S. government. I know you can't talk about everything you've done, but you, you, you served your country in the Navy, correct? Yes. And you had an intelligence background there, correct? Uh, yeah, yes. Yep. And then when you move into private business and you start doing business in um, Russia, uh, early 2000s, uh, uh, with some of the big financial um, giants in the world, uh, the CIA asks you to help out and inform on things you're seeing there so that we can understand what's going on during the transition from communism to uh, democracy and then democracy to Putinism, <laughs> which is a little bit different than democracy. Um, how many years would you say that you had a relationship with the FBI? If you had or, uh, CIA and FBI, at least well, a couple decades. I mean, uh, the, uh, uh, there's there's elements within that uh, 480 page DOJ Inspector General report, right. which refers to one aspect of it, right. which was officially for five years. Right. But it, it did extend back decades. I mean, my first time to CIA headquarters was in uh, in the early 1990s at the start of the Clinton administration wow. when I was a arms control action officer in the in the Pentagon. And um, and, you know, and actually one sort of little uh, minor element, which I which I do talk about in the book. Um, for the first time is my support of the of the intelligence community. And it really went far beyond Russia. You know, right. I, I did a lot That's of work in the Middle East, Middle East, yeah. in China, across Africa yeah. and other parts of the world. So oh. I think, you know, I, again, there's a certain spin that I'm just a, a Russia guy, but uh, far a lot different. of the things, yeah, a lot of the things I was uh, supporting them with and providing them accurate information about was, uh, you know, went further, far beyond that. Yeah, it's such an important point to to make. When the CIA gets someone as valuable as you who has, you know, global travel and global contacts, they don't just focus on what do you know about Russia if you're in the Middle East or if you're in Asia or whatever. Uh, they often will will turn to you for that um, for that assistance. And, and that, that's a patriotic duty that you've fulfilled for your country for many, many years and uh, that the news media simply – uh, bowled over for most of the last four years and trying to portray you as disloyal, a traitor when, when in fact you were anything. But I remember, I'll tell I don't know if I've ever told you this Carter, but this is one of the most poignant moments in my uh, effort in the Russia case, you know, and trying to unravel this. It was in the summer of 18 when I was increasingly convinced that this wasn't just an accident, right? It wasn't just bumbling FBI. This was a concerted effort. And I confronted a very senior, um, Clinton campaign official, because at that point I had realized that Hillary Clinton had been read in on the project, knew that what Christopher Steele was doing, it was that important that the candidate herself had to know what was going on. And and I, I asked some pointed question. This this Clinton aide became very agitated, very upset, and said, I can't believe you'd waste your great journalistic career in defending Carter Page. And, and about a year and a half later, after the IG report came back, I, I wrote back a little email note to him saying, I think it was worth it. But the idea that they made you a boogeyman um, uh, when you had such, you know, uh, a honest record of assisting your country and being patriotic is almost unbelievable itself. Forget all the other things we know about FISA abuses, uh, do getting Donald Trump, Michael Flynn, all these things. Um, they couldn't have picked a worse case scenario to try to make a guy look bad when you look at your record of what you did for the United States government. You were you were a good guy all throughout it. The audacity of it. Do you ever think about the audacity of just trying to make you look at something that you you that was so polar opposite of you that it was almost comical? Well, it's funny that that was actually, and I I, I talk about that and sort of uh, sort of um, giving my my grand strategy and my grand vision for surviving this this whole hoax is I I, I always bear in mind that those same types of disparities is exactly what President Trump has to deal with literally every day, right? Good and, point. you know, his ability to kind of cut through the uh, the nonsense and just keep uh, trudging on and keeping focused on the mission, you know, what he, uh, what he's, um, all the great things he's doing for our country was, was really a key inspiration uh, throughout all of this. And it was a, uh, a you know a model for you know how to how to survive in such 
extremely hostile conditions. Yeah. Again, I, you know, I, yeah, as you correctly noted, I, I never met him in my life, but, you know, it, it was a, um, it, w- it was a great inspiration in terms of finding, finding a way and, you know, keeping a, a good, uh, good sense of humor and remaining focused on sort of core objectives and core values uh, while some of the, you know, exactly as you described it, some of the most uh, outrageous and illegal steps in U.S. history were being taken yeah. uh, against you. So This is actually a little worse than Watergate because really you had a petty crime and a cover-up. In this case, you have a big crime and a cover-up. Um, the misuse of these tools are anything but a small burglary. It was uh, a dirty trick carried out with some of the most potent tools that our intelligence community are trusted with. Um, as this wraps to a conclusion, and, and uh, Durham seem, you know, the Durham Jensen uh, bash are the, the three prosecutors that are looking at various aspects of this, unmasking the terrible things that happened to Flynn and everything that happened to you and the FICE abuses. Um, have you had any contact with any of those prosecutors? Have they shown any interest? Is there any evidence that you could offer them or have offered them that would be valuable to them as they wrap up their work? Well, my philosophy, John, has always been the same since the very beginning. And, you know, in our uh, first time we talked uh, earlier in 2017, right. you know, I and, you know, similar to my philosophy with the U.S. intelligence community going back decades, you know, if I can help serve my country, I would always uh, be happy to do so. So that's a that's a standing offer. Let me just say one thing. There was uh, unfortunately during the uh, Rosenstein Sessions years at right. the Department of Justice, right. there were so many so many laws that were were broken, and so many um, you know I, I think along the lines of the the overall theme of uh, what uh, we've been discussing. Um, so many uh, abuses of civil liberties. But uh, w- what I will say and what I find particularly, uh, particularly encouraging is the fact that this was the first time the Kleinsmith, uh, when that charging document right. was announced a couple of Fridays ago, that was the first time that the Crime Victims' Rights Act, a U.S. statute passed by Congress, uh, was actually honored. You know, wow. any, I, I know you've had you've had Privacy Act right. uh, violations against yourself, but this right. is the first time. This is the first time that you know, again, amidst countless uh, times that the law was broken and uh, terrible abuses by DOJ and FBI, this is the first time that I saw a, uh, a turning point. And you know, I remember we used to on on various episodes of uh, Sean Hannity's show on Fox News. We would always talk about the boomerang, right? right? You know, where all these bad, bad acts by uh, by the perpetrators are fi- are finally going to come back to haunt these people. And unfortunately, we were waiting forever. Uh, uh, two, a couple of Fridays ago, when this w- first came out, um, and it was first announced uh, as a, as a surprise to everyone. It was really, it felt to me like a true boomerang where now we are, we have really reached a turning point. So again, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Again, I mean, the biggest thing is after having the rule of law completely demolished to have people actually following the law and following appropriate procedures in stark contrast to the terrible abuses we saw in yeah. the recent past. I found it just really, uh, really heartening on many levels. So I just want to throw you a couple of rapid fire questions here at the end, because I, I know you've got more people to talk to, and we're so grateful all the time you sent for, uh, spent with us today. Also, so grateful you wrote this book to tell your first-person story. Folks, if you haven't ordered it yet, go today to carterpage.com and get this book, Abuse and Power, How an Innocent American Was Framed in an Attempted Coup Against a President. This is going to be the biggest, most important book of the year on Russiagate. I encourage you to get it right away. It will bring you inside one of the true victims' experiences in this. Um, let me ask you a couple of rapid fire questions. Actually, real, yeah. real, real quick, uh, John, yeah. it's actually carterpagebook.com. I'm sorry, carterpagebook.com. Yeah, mine, I misread. I, need, yeah, I should yeah. have my glasses on. Go. That's my bad. <laughs> no, yes, carterpagebook.com. I'm sorry. I should have had my reading glasses on. I'm too no stubborn worry. to wear them. <laughs> All right. So let me let me ask you first. Um, do you have any doubt that President Obama and Vice President Joe Biden were read in on this dirty trick? Uh, 
I always give people the benefit of the doubt, but there seems to be a lot of evidence, John, a lot of evidence. And I, I mean, and, and, and no accountability thus far. Uh, we've all been asked countless questions, myself and literally hundreds of Trump supporters, but no, no questions on the other side. So yeah, it, it remains an open question, but there are a lot of, lot of evidence. If you look at the, uh, the lovers, the FBI lovers, text, et cetera, yeah. Um, there, there's certainly major indications of that. Yeah, a lot of references to the White House political interference. Um, and then, you know, when you take a look at the Mike Flynn documents, particularly the president's name and the vice president's name are invoked specifically for some of the biggest controversial things. The, the, um, the idea of using the Logan Act is attributed to Vice President Joe Biden in these notes. Uh, the pre uh, President Obama gave an order to the FBI, if you believe the notes, that they should put their best people on continuing to pursue uh, Mike Flynn. And that's two days after an FBI agent's concluded there's no reason to pursue him anymore. He's innocent. So those sort of things, I think, add. And I have a funny feeling that between now and Election Day, we're going to learn some more important revelations about the president and vice president. I don't think we're done with that. Um, how high up in the FBI do you think? Uh, first of all, do you think there was a conspiracy here? Do you think that multiple people, it wasn't just Klein Smith uh, altering the document. Do you believe there was a conspiracy uh, to to deceive the court, to deceive the Congress? Well, I, I, having studied very closely that uh, short but very well-written five-page charging document against uh, Mr. Kleinsmith, yep. there's an interesting quote, and it talks uh, about, uh, quote-unquote, certain members of the Crossfire Hurricane team. Mm -hmm. So similar to the, uh, you know, the point we were just discussing about the Obama-Biden White House, uh, there's there remains a lot of uh, unanswered questions and um, you know big controversies surrounding that and unfortunately there has not been that much support at all the FBI which which I find highly troubling. Yeah, they seem to be slow walking every piece of evidence that could give us an answer to these unanswered questions. How high up in the FBI do you think? these activities were ordered from? Was it James Comey on down? Is it Andrew McCabe on down? Does it stop at Pete Strzok and, and Bill Priestap? You've studied these things inside and out. You've looked at every communication. You've looked at the FISA warrant. You know now, you knew then, but you know now too, what the FBI knew when they were trying to portray you as a bad guy. Do you think this rolls up to the top of the FBI? Are you, are, do you have a confidence in that? Well, I, I have a complete lack of confidence. I, I actually happened to watch... Uh, on CBS, the Sunday show, right. uh, Face the Nation, with yep. uh, with Mr. Comey this yep. past weekend, and there are so many elements of what what he was saying, which were just you know highly questionable. And what what I found, and along the lines of what we were just discussing, he had a quote about uh, about uh, quote unquote the kinds of people this president surrounds himself with. Mm -hmm. At this point, they could almost start their own crime family. Wow. Well, I actually talk about a lot of that in my book in, in chapter five. And mm -hmm. suffice to say that there's a lot of crime family similarities uh, within his very own organization during those dark years for the uh, at, during the history of the FBI. It's a great response to what he said over the weekend. I was perplexed by his um, dancing act on Sunday. It seemed to be um, now unable to address any of the facts anymore. All you can do is is put lipstick on a pig, and I think that's what he was trying to do on Sunday. It was a very strange uh, interview, and, and quite frankly, I suspect that he and McCabe and Brennan have a lot to answer for, even if there's not criminal conduct. So much wrong happened on their watches that we will never uh, be able to fully repair. I think that's one of the remarkable things. What's the biggest thought? Uh, the last question that here, because I know you got to get going. What is the biggest thought, Carter Page, that you want to leave behind with Americans from this book and, and what you've been through? What, what's, the, what's the headline that you want, you know, the guy getting off the, the assembly line in Kalamazoo, Michigan, the soccer mom taking her kid to soccer, if we ever get back to that? Um, what's your biggest takeaway? Well, the main thing I try to get across in the book is just how, uh, you know, the, how much they didn't respect at all truth, justice, and the the risk factors, you know, the national security and personal security risks of innocent people, and just the extraordinary collusion uh, and potentially even conspiracy between 
the uh, U.S. intelligence community, the Department of Justice, the mainstream media, and they're key drivers in the Democratic Party. So, mm-hmm. and just the level of to which they they lie over and over again, just as a way of defeating uh, President Trump, I think is is truly extraordinary. And I think it, it's an important reason. It's, it's again why I wanted to get this uh, this word out. Uh, prior to the November election in just a couple of months here. There are many eloquent passages in this book, but I'm just going to read these two sentences because they struck me more than any any other passages in the book. The people charged with protecting our rights, this is Carter Page writing in his great book, the people charged with protecting our rights launched an assault on American democracy and the core principles of justice enshrined in the U.S. Constitution Against this dangerous backdrop, will real facts actually matter anymore? I think that's the question we are really uh, faced with in America today. Can people create false illusions and do facts matter anymore? You were the victim of a false illusion, uh, Carter Page, and we are so grateful that you fought to get us the facts because the facts were clearly on yours and and President Trump's side. I I can't thank you enough for the time today, for all the assistance you gave my reporting over the last four years, and most importantly, for leaving this very important book, this very important literary piece together, Abuse and Power, How an Innocent American Was Framed in an Attempt to Coup Against the President. Folks, if there's anything you do today, make sure you go out and order this book from Carter Page. It's essential. Carter, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you as well, John. And it would have been impossible if it weren't for the incredible reporting that you've been on the very front lines of from the the very beginning here. So uh, as for the reasons described, it really was a life and death battle. And uh, you have been absolutely invaluable. And congratulations for all the great advances you're making with Just the News as well. So I'm really excited. We don't want you to be a stranger. We're going to have you back on this podcast. And I'm sure we'll be writing lots more of you as the facts come out. And we find the the full breadth of what went wrong in this uh, Russiagate scandal. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick um, commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up. You've been listening to Carter Page on John Solomon Reports. Back after these messages. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. 
All right, folks, that wraps up another edition, a special edition of John Solomon Reports. I think you know why now, you know why we uh, broke out this uh, as a special podcast. Carter Page has much to say. His book has much to reveal. And if we're going to learn anything from this to ensure that history, this tragic history, doesn't repeat itself, well then, we need to understand what really happened to Carter Page, what the FBI did wrong, what the Justice Department did wrong, what the American news media got wrong. There's a lot of wrongs in that. Uh, He was a wronged man, Carter Page. And despite all that, you saw, he remains optimistic. He remains friendly. He's not bitter. And he's more concerned that these crimes, these political crimes, and in some cases, legal crimes, don't get repeated in the future. That's why we have this podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. We'll be back tomorrow, Thursday, for our regularly scheduled edition of John Solomon Reports. Until then, be safe and check out justthenews.com as often as you can. We've got breaking headlines, including wall-to-wall coverage of the Republican convention, just like we had wall-to-wall coverage last week of the Democratic convention. You can't go wrong. Do a quick drive-by. Check out what we're doing at justthenews.com. It's a great place to get straight news and all the facts and nothing more than that. Again, thank you for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from justthenews.com. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advised fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews. Can't pay the IRS? Haven't filed in a while? Receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA employs brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call one 800 That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit taxnetworkusa.com slash victor. taxnetworkusa.com slash victor.